Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Shashula Connie, a friend, and someone I actually regard as a mentor. I could introduce him as a supporter of Heart and Stroke Foundation, or as one of the associated senior executive team. On this podcast, though, we will be talking about Toastmasters and the importance of being able to speak confidently. I will disclose that I am a Toastmaster and at the same club as Shashir. Welcome, Shashir. Thank you so much, Marge. Shashir, I regard you as a very interesting person. You've had an interesting life. You are now retired, but are very active. Can you give us a synopsis of what you were up to before you retired? That's a long story, but I'll tell it to you shortly and briefly. Many people ask me, where are you from? And I know they're not asking me whether I'm from Richmond Hill. So I'll tell you that part. Indian descent, born in Africa, educated in England, came to Canada after two years, stint working, started my own entrepreneurial journey. And I know my success is based upon and I must be grateful because it's built, built upon the shoulders of so many. My wife and I, we started a manufacturing business, grew it leaps and bounds over and again. 27 years of that. Came a point where some concern was there for a balanced life, and even more so that of my starting failing health. I've heard it said that sometimes money costs too much. Besides that chasing that mighty dollar, that transactional dollar, there was so much more to life, so much yet to explore. I, I didn't want to glide over the surface of life without ever having plumbed the depths. At the age of 53, I actively retired, as you said, embarked upon a life of giving back. But business, Business was a glorious experience, an in-depth understanding of human nature. All that experience now put to great use as I help other businesses at ASC. The price, I think, the price of taking of success is taking responsibility. So I'm very proud to be a lifelong learner and part of this community. Very nicely said. Thank you, Shashir, for those wise words and uh, telling us a little bit about yourself. I think you would welcome the opportunity to mention a cause that is very important to you, the Heart and Stroke Foundation. I would uh, love to talk about Heart and Stroke Foundation. As you know and I know, we all have collected scars over our lifetimes. My scars come from having lost my dad, and he passed away when he was only 51. I lost my mom to stroke 
And then, as you, as I mentioned earlier, I also am a heart patient. So there is a very strong affinity to this cause. And of course, heart and stroke is the number one authority of heart diseases and stroke in Canada. I went over to the Richmond Hill office, which used to be over at 16th and Young, second floor, and I go up there and say, I'd like to volunteer. And I was asked, what would you like to do? I said, anything you want. You want boxes lifted? I'll do that. And uh, I started at that place and continued growing, ended up serving on the board. Did a lot of things, 17 years of raising funds, helping in research, spreading awareness, met and interacted with great minds and even bigger hearts. As you know, I became a heart and stroke ambassador in our community and that's how we met. It's important that I never, I don't forget to tell you that heart disease is not an old man's disease, nor is it a man's disease. It affects everybody at any age, any gender. But heart and stroke has brought so much in terms of amazing results. Medications have improved, procedures have improved, death rates wonderfully reduced. But I think the best part, the best part of a heart stroke I find is that 80% of the times this disease is preventable. It's just lifestyle based, staying active, eating well, resting well, above all, how, how do we manage our emotions and our stress? We don't have to drink as much. We certainly don't have to smoke. I remember a surgeon who sat on the board with me used to say, always, always this year, take your dog out for a walk. And I looked at him in surprise and he says, yes, even if you don't have a dog. <laughs> That's resonates. <laughs> yep, I like that. I'm... I go for a walk and think I should be taking a dog out too, but yes, <laughs> good advice, good advice. Uh, I want to get started talking about Toastmasters, but I want to ask you, how did you get started in Toastmasters? Well, Toastmasters was not really primary on my mind, except when I started to research what I'd like to do after retirement, it kept cropping up. These are skills that I had, but I had to hone in and improve on it if I wanted to make a difference. And to make a difference in the community and giving back required good communications, required better leadership. So of course, that's when Toastmasters came to mind. And you wouldn't believe it, the person who introduced me to the first Destiny Toastmasters meeting, which is a club that we both belong to, was Janine Purvis. I know a lot of your audience would know her. For 17 years, I have been a member of this club. Over that period, I have remained humbled and grateful to have achieved the highest designation they can give, which is the Distinguished Toastmaster. I thought, I thought my past successful business and communications and leadership skills were enough. But I realized there was so much more to learn. And the more I learn, I realize, Mars, that there is so much more still to learn. Toastmaster skills improve my skills in everything I do, both in my heart and stroke contributions, as well as the ASE, the business advisory. 
it's such a shame that our school system does not help or promote interpersonal skills. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, the importance uh, for your business, for yourself, for your volunteer work, your community work, for being able to, to confidently speak. Can you tell us the history of Toastmasters? It's been around for decades or a century? Well, Toastmasters has been around since, would you believe, almost a century. 1924, mm. it was started by a person called Ralph Smedley. And the head office is right now in Colorado. The membership worldwide is over 280,000 people. Wow. Worldwide, with over 14,000 clubs in 144 countries. It's a not-for-profit educational organizations promoting basic human skill, that of communications and that of leadership. Mm-hmm. As we know, we need those skills in society, in community, at work, especially, especially with our families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toastmasters is a very well-organized organization. There are clubs, districts, areas. There's a Toastmaster International. And can you give us an overview of what the hierarchy, the structure is? Absolutely. As you know, when you're an organization of this size and stature, you would require an organization which is going to be fairly better organized. There's an order to it. So they've entrenched a supportive institution with uniform standards across the world. Just like when we go to a McDonald's here, we know the McDonald's is going to be similar if you go into in, in UK. So it's essential that these standards are maintained. And those uniform standards are really very, very much a functional thing that operates so well. And the form of order is as follows. A club, for example, our Destiny Toastmasters Club is a club. And then it belongs to an area. And the area belongs in a division. The division belongs in a district. The district belongs in a region, and the region reports to the head office. So this is how 144 countries are able to communicate similarly across the world. We have we have clubs in uh, York region, many clubs, including Richmond Hill. I belong to Destiny, and I've been with them for 17 years, and the club is 25 year old. Each club is monitored by the head office, celebrated for its success. And as you and I both know, our club was President's Distinguished Club for the past 16 years in a row. So I feel very good that we belong and we've learned. And this this kind of designations come by doing a lot of good performance. And we've seen it and shown it. Very good. Thank you. You started talking about what happens at your club, but can you describe a Toastmaster meeting? Okay. Toastmasters meeting is really very much a formal process where meeting is pre-booked, roles are assigned, and when you come into a meeting, you meet warm welcome, lots of fun, it's safe, non-threatening and supporting place to be amongst friends, sometimes 
so so friendly that we feel that we are almost in our second family. Mm-hmm. We learn and grow, not by listening like you would do in a seminar, but by doing. And this is the biggest advantage of learning by doing. Because when you start doing that, you really absorb so much more than listening to somebody giving you instructions. The meetings are scheduled on a weekly basis. Agendas are prepared. Roles are assigned. Roles such as speaker, who might tell you a storytelling, presentations, humorous, informational, educational, inspiring, you name it. They are there. Some of these stories are so emotional. And they say good stories happen to those who can tell them. And if history was taught like stories, it would never, ever be forgotten. There's evaluations thereafter, Mm -hmm. table topics, which is impromptu, grammarians who looks out for your quality of language, timers to ensure that we are timely. All clubs have a leadership team, like presidents, vice presidents, treasurer, secretary, sergeant at arms. Great way to learn so many leadership skills. And all members have an access to mentors, supportive mentors, and they help you, guide you through the tailored pathway that you walk across as you continue your journey in Toastmasters. Woo. Yeah, it's a good, a very good description. I often don't think about what I attend each week. So thank you uh, for that. Something special that happens at a Toastmaster meeting are the first speeches that someone gives, the new member gives, an icebreaker. I really enjoy and I'm very happy when I see that uh, we have an icebreaker on our agenda. Can you explain an icebreaker? What do you think an icebreaker is? Let's imagine a person just coming into a club for the first time and then being asked to do their icebreaker. It's really terrifying if you're not feeling comfortable about it. So icebreaker is really your ability to speak to your club and explain to them and talk to them about a subject that you know best, which is, of course, yourself. So they are able to give a talk upon themselves. And and that's really done in terms of how do I come across to you? What do I do? What was my past? And these things we do in real life always. When we meet a stranger, we are breaking the ice. We do that on a daily basis, whether you're meeting a colleague or a supplier or a customer or a stranger mingling at the connecting the community. We break ice, chit chat, human to human in context of Toastmasters. It's really a best way to open the doors. Yeah, it is. It's a, uh, I enjoy hearing people's Toastmasters icebreaker speeches, though I do feel like a 20-something-year-old has less to tell than trying to jam into five to seven minutes than somebody who was 60. But, oh, well, we those 20-year-olds still seem to fill the five to seven minutes. Well, I think we learn from everybody. We do, yes. Would you agree that a member, there's not, there's not really pressure to speak, but it really is encouragement? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so no one should be terrified to to join. So yes, it's it's that warmth and safety of be feeling non unthreatened that mm-hmm. really opens them up. And I think encouragement yeah, is really, you know how we encourage at Toastmasters, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
you clap and you just it never stops. Yes, no, <laughs> definitely. You you feel good after a Toastmaster meeting. Okay, I believe that a very important part of Toastmasters is evaluations. Um, you have evaluations of speeches for the general evaluator of the meeting. Uh, you you really are learning how to be critical in a positive way. Can you talk about that? You're absolutely right when you said it's one of the most important skills that we learn at Toastmasters. We have difficult situations that arise in life, and we quite often don't know how to diplomatically send the message across. It's an essential, and it's a delicate human skill. How do you say a hard thing in a soft way? That's really evaluation. Feedback is not a critique, nor, nor is it a judgment. Feedback is a gift of growth points. Keys to convey those growth points in so it's perceived as a gift, not as a critique. Yeah, very good. Impromptu speaking, we call it table topics, is also another really important aspect of Toastmasters. You know, your impromptu speaking sounds like you're part of the second city, but it's not quite that. Um, can you talk about impromptu speaking and the fun that we actually have? Well, impromptu speaking, which we call the table topics, is a great way not only to uh, take any subject in your stride, because it certainly brings out the most unexpected. When people just stand up and the subject is given to them and they've got two minutes to speak, it's incredible how creative the human being is. Mm -hmm. And you see that in how it turns into humor, it becomes a joyful activity. Sometimes the deepest secrets are spoken in table topics. And because you know you're amongst friends and it stays within friends, you're comfortable speaking. But the passion of the subject, the heartfelt, the emotions, it's incredible. The exaggerations, the tall tales, the, the humor, the bonding experience, all these things are so much part and parcel and integral to table topics. Yeah, I, I remember once being a table topic master and asking you to speak about hats and you refused and talked about something totally different. I will not forgive you for that, but we'll go on. <laughs> okay. Um, this could be a difficult question to answer. Why, in your opinion, is the ability to speak in public so important? Maybe you want to start answering by acknowledging that so many people have a fear of public speaking. Yes, indeed. They say that the most common fear is that of public speaking. <clears throat> Even seeing a coffin, an open coffin, a man was asked to, to do the eulogy. At that time, he looked around, nervous, sweating, and he says, right now, I wish I was in that coffin. That's how much the fear is of public speaking. We feel stifled, frozen, afraid of being looked ridiculed or looking silly. These fears have to be taken on, heads on. Once we know we're not being judged, we're being encouraged, people are clapping, it starts changing things. I've seen people come in extremely shy to our club, and then within a couple of years, they are absolutely polished, ready to go on TV. It's just amazing 
how this transforms lives. I also want to bring up at this time some of the things that the power of being able to speak. You see, people gravitate to emotional rhetoric. Powerful messaging can be done when you are put on spot and you can actually manage that well. So many great speakers we know of, Churchill, Lincoln, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. All these people use their ability to speak in a positive way. It is so important to have this confidence in speaking. I have had to use it very often lately. Okay. I found myself that being part of Toastmasters has really taught me, gave me the skills to use less crunch words, the uhs, ums, uh, the overuse of ands, and use pauses more. And you know, I believe that I wouldn't be doing these podcasts if I didn't uh, become, hadn't become part of Toastmasters. Fashir, can you talk about how you have become a better speaker? I think <clears throat> that's a good, great question. Crutch words and the quality of language is so crucial. And if we are going to be injecting our sentences full of ums, ours, so, therefore, if not, oh, did, you know, these things really take away from the messaging. People are too focused and distracted by those crutch words. So it's essential that we look out for it, listen for it. And listening, listening is another skill that Toastmasters imparts. Listening is even more important than speaking because listening offers empathy, offers compassion. When somebody feels they're being listened to, a lot of the issues in life are resolved. So we listen not to reply back, but listen to understand, listen to observe. These are important things. And I used to tell my salespeople who used to work for me, and they'd say, give me the catalog, I can sell anything. No, go listen, find out what is it that they need. How are we solving their problem? That's really the listening skills. So these are wonderful skills that Toastmasters imparts. Yeah, very important words. Let's talk about our our club. We're very proud of it, Destiny Toastmasters. It went online during the pandemic, and the members have decided to stay online. We we recognize the convenience. Also, virtual meetings are not you know they're not going away in the rest of our lives. There's a real need to be good and confident at presenting on screen. You know, looking right at the camera, using good gestures, uh, thinking about your background. Uh, these skills are transferable to having a conversation with your family members across the world, to having committee meetings. Um, what are your thoughts on this virtual world? Well, the virtual world is certainly going to be something that's going to stay with us. You know, sometimes changes are forced upon us and they might look difficult and they might look unfriendly. But what we've lost is, of course, the face-to-face, the warm hugs. We certainly lost that in doing this kind of podcast or meeting people over Zoom. But what we've gained, we've gained is that we've reached so many people so much farther away than we possibly could have. In the pandemic, the grandpa talking to the grandchild, 
became so much better and easier. Reading bedtime stories on the internet, that was never imagined a few years back, but it has become a norm. And these are some of the side effects that happened. And if we remember, um, we don't remember, but we've read, industrial age came in. People fought the machines. They came in and broke the machines. The Luddites would not have it. Well, exactly. We all need to change, adapt. Darwin said, it's not the strongest that survives, but the one that best adapts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, let's embrace this. It is a real convenience, uh, but we do need to recognize, acknowledge that we need to get out and actually interact with people as well. So let's talk about our club. We're online. It's a lunch hour club. We meet on Wednesdays from 12 to 1. Uh, and you we're, we're doing well. We've heard that other clubs right around here are not doing so well. They've folded. Uh, but uh, we have done really well. Our club is number of people there, the speeches, the activities. So um, can you give us a sales pitch? Finish my sales pitch of Destiny Toastmaster. <laughs> You've done a tremendous job already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Destiny Toastmasters is a culture of warm acceptance. And really, every club has its own culture. We find that by learning and doing things together, we set a precedent, provided opportunities for everybody to feel part and parcel of it. All community is welcome to join. I'd be very happy to you know, take any calls if there's any interest levels. People want to come in as a guest. It's free of charge. Come and visit. See what it feels like. It's easy access. For a year, reasonable, very reasonable in cost, in the range of $150, $180 range, invaluable, improving your life, self-development, camaraderie, fun, joy, laughter, leadership, mentoring. And, and if you're in the world of business or in career or job market, a great way to decorate your resume. Very good. Well said. Yeah. I certainly will put uh, the link to our uh, our club and again, welcome people to try it out. I believe most people actually come in as a guest a couple of times that that's the norm. And then they decide if they're going to join, which we're fortunate that many do. Okay. I do like to end this podcast with a guest response to this question. Name one thing you'd really like about this community? Marge, you're restricting me. (laughs) One thing, I love the amenities, I love the parks, I love the library, the theater, the cleanliness of our town, the community where I've thrived, and I have so many friends. Yeah. So, okay, I will excuse you for not just saying one, but thank you for that. I, I, it, it's a very positive comment about our community and we are fortunate. So again, I'll add things, contact information on the podcast notes and uh, we would love uh, to have you join us. So um, thank you. So thank you, Shashir, for taking the time to do this podcast. I thank you, Marge, for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, 
at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.